Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 220. And the win. We go. Oh, Rachel, get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a more razor. Strict plan, it's a boy about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock, so take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 220 of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host at Michael J. Party. Thank you for coming back. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. You're in for a wild ride. We have a great show lined up for you tonight. Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in the news. Great week of TV this week we got to get into later on in TV Takedown. But first, let's uh, get a couple things off my chest. Work sucks, okay? I had a good thing going with work. I have a, We were doing staggered schedules. I work mon- uh, Thursday and Friday one week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday the following week. So it's five days in a row. Don't count, don't count the weekend. But then I'm off for seven days if you do count the weekend. Five months. My body's fantastic. I got to sleep in late, stay up even later. Well, guess what? A coworker quit today, and now I have to work every single day next week. <sighs> my body's not used to working five days a week in a row. I mean, hashtag first world problems. Most of my problems are first world problems. <sighs> I don't know what I'm going to do, because then I'm off for two weeks on vacation. And then I have to go back, probably work every day again. How, do, how, how did I do this back in the day, in the before times? How did I work five days in a row? <sighs> I'm not looking forward to this, friends. I am not looking forward to it. <sighs> Found out today, so I'm still trying to digest it, but you know, I can do it. Let me get through next week, off for two weeks, let me reset, and come back in September, and let's see what the fuck happens. I'll buy more Jack Daniels and Monster Energy drinks. That's how I get through the week. Anyway, enough about me. A couple weeks ago, I watched Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Okay? Not a fucking Mulan, which cost me $3. Hamilton free. Thank you. Thank you, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Watch Hamilton. Fucking fantastic. I got a couple songs stuck in my head. Because it's a rock opera. It's, there's no words spoken. It's all sung and rapped. So now I'm laying in bed and, uh, for the last couple of days and rapping like the same two lines over and over again. So what do I do? I start streaming the soundtrack. Oh my God. And I got all these songs stuck in my head. I can't get any sleep. Uh, it's just, if you haven't checked out Hamilton on Disney Plus, check it out. Great musical. One of the best musicals I've ever seen. Great history lesson. And uh, definitely check out Hamilton. Are, are you going to introduce me at any point? Like seriously, what? I've been sitting here the whole time hearing you babble about work and Hamilton and God knows what. And here I am. You're not even introducing me. I don't, I don't even think you introduce yourself for any first-time guests here. Do you guys hear something? I'm hearing something. Wow. Hello? Well, I'll do your job for you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann, oh, joined by Michael J. Putty here for a shot of Jay, wrestling. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Don't say anything. Don't make any comments. Don't move. Maybe he'll go away. Okay. I'm never going away. I, I had a nice week off with my loved one. My loved ones. Excuse me. I've been drinking. <laughs> been upstate Lake George. Oh, Mark. Welcome, welcome to the show, Mark. I didn't even see you there. Mark, Mark, welcome to the show. Welcome back. You were missed last week, Mark. Yeah, no, I, I, I heard the show. It's not, you sound like you were having a grand old time without me. It was fantastic. I had a great time. Yeah, yeah, with a shit-eating grin on your, on your stupid face. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> 
I have to say, man, like, so I, I'm on my third drink right now for the night. Oh, really? I'm drinking, I'm drinking Tito's and tonic. I'm feeling it right now, man. Okay. So I've been drink, I've been drinking this, right? So I went on vacation last week, and uh, so I'm, I'm doing this whole low carb diet thing, mm-hmm. which was hard to maintain on the vacation I was on, uh, but I did it. Right, like I, everyone came up it's like, dude, no beer. You're not drinking any beer. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not drinking. But I said I brought a whole big fucking jug of Tito's vodka. I said I'm gonna be drinking Tito's and tonic all week. And dude, man, fucking, I feel like that's my new drink right now. I'm digging it. Vodka tonic is I, very refreshing. I only gained one pound from a vacation for a week long vacation. Okay, I'm proud of myself, man. That's a huge accomplishment. You know what's gross? What tonic. Tonic no, is absolutely uh, disgusting. I mean, I, I you know, you know, I, I would have agreed with you. I would have agreed with you before, but I got like the flavor tonic. I got like it's a lime. Oh tonic. shit, really? So, yeah, didn't know about that. Okay, so now it's, now, a, now ga- it's a different story. Oh, dude, game changer, game changer, totally, absolutely, yeah, game changer. No, I, I agreed with you. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be drinking like vodka tonic. That's gonna suck. But I, I went shopping with my wife, and she's like, oh, there's there's different flavor tonics. There's, wow. there's a lime tonic. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. Dude, it's fucking amazing. A friend of mine, let me, he was into gin and tonics a while ago, and he had me try one of his drinks in the before times when he could share drinks. And it was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. The worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. So a while, years later, somehow I got into vodka tonics briefly, and I think I had some health issues, and a lot of, I had a lot of joint pains. My knees, my back, my elbows, they were killing me. Went to the doctor, he told me, what you need to do, drink tonic water with quinine. Quinine? Yeah. Like, okay. okay. That helps relieve joint aches and pains for your condition. Did it work? I'm like, but you know, tonic water is disgusting, right? I didn't actually say that. I will. Yeah. So I got some tonic water, and the genius that I am, I got one of those uh, squirt bottles that flavors the water. You took a couple of... Like, oh, I see what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did like fruit punch. I did some iced tea. Did not <laughs> work. Totally cheating. It was totally to- cheating. still disgusting as hell, but it eventually grew on me. You get used to the disgusting taste after a while. I think that's when I went to vodka tonics. But tonic water is absolutely disgusting. Um, oh, I'm telling you, the flavor, though. But the flavor is, I might look into it, it that. Tastes good. Yeah. It's just, it's good it's just, it's just, tonic water is good for you. So tonic I'm, water I'm, is great for you. I might look into that. It's, especially, like, I have to say, anyone that's like doing like a keto diet, low carb diet, whatever, and, and you're a drinker like me, like this is great because there's no carbs in it. Absolutely no carbs. And uh, it does the job, I'll tell you that much. Oh, are we drinking now? Cheers. Okay. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. This could be a fun podcast today. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Mark has uh, work going. Everything's opening up now again. I hear you got an audition coming up. So things are slowly opening up. It's not. Do you feel more, you feel more optimistic normal. though? I, I am feeling a little bit more optimistic. I had a big. Um, I probably should I even talk about this? Like I, I had a, a pretty decent audition. Uh, this past week for a bigger role for a, a bigger production. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, doesn't film here in New York though. It films in Atlanta. So Ooh, hot spot. Yeah, hot spot. So I would have to quarantine when I come back for two weeks if I get the part. But you know, it would be worth it. I, I, I think that's that's good though. I, I um, I'm excited though because it was a good part. I, I had fun with it. I, I still got it. And you know, we'll see how. But I, I hear Paramount. They have like about 20 productions, I believe, that are starting to open up next week in California. I, nice. I know New York New York still has a lot of limitations as far as what you can do as far as filming goes. We're, uh, so we're the best be... state in the nation. Why 
so strict limitations. And, and, you know, you just, quote, Cuomo has been very strict here in New York. Good, it's working. You know, so so you, you're only allowed to have 50 people on a set at a time, uh, which is really not many for a big production here. And uh, but, you know, I, I'm reading the trades a lot. You know, there's a, there's a lot of projects going to be in the works, a, a lot of first look deals being made. Uh, a new uh, stage is being built in Brooklyn. A new stage is being built here in Yonkers, where I am. So, you know, the, the things will be rocking and rolling when things get back to normal. But, you know, we'll see when it happens here in New York. Have you seen Hamilton on Disney Plus? No. Oh, my God. I you're missing out. Hamilton is fucking phenomenal. So- I have to say, I'm not a big musical person, and neither is my wife. Okay. Uh, so it, it wasn't just, really high on the list to do, but I, I'm, I'm very curious. You know, it's funny. I, I have more interest, I think, than my wife does. I think I have to, like, you know, coax her a little bit to, uh, to sit down and watch this. It's two hours and 40 minutes, but it flies by. I've been watching a lot of movies as late. Anything good? I have to say. Uh, you know, so I've been watching, like, some of like, the old stuff that I haven't seen before, like Indiana Jones. I've never seen the first one. Oh, I finally watched okay. it. Okay. I watched Rambo for the first time. How was that? I didn't like it at all. Like, I actually hated it. A couple of years ago, uh, I, there's a lot of movies that I had not seen. So a couple of years ago, my New Year's resolution was to be a cinephile and watch the movies I had not seen. Mm-hmm. Goonies, Pulp Fiction, John of Blanks. There's a couple other movies. I kept the list somewhere. It was pretty good. It was like, okay, but I just didn't, like, see the hype about them. Right. Okay. So, like, Indiana Jones, I could say it was, like, an okay movie. I don't necessarily know all the hype about it. I would be curious to watch the other ones. Rambo, I just, I absolutely hated. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I never heard anything positive about Rambo. I, really? Because I feel like, like all, all the guys are like, yeah, Rambo, Rambo. Termin- Rambo I haven't seen Terminator either. I just heard like an action bloody fest. I just never like the story. Terminator, Terminator is good. Like the first one, I feel like is a little bit overrated. I only because I would say the second one is just so damn good. The second one is just amazing, but uh, the other ones are all right. I mean, they're entertaining. Just Rambo, I just thought was just like so slow, and I have some like political reasons why I don't like it. Oh, political, which I don't. Rambo, I don't want to get into it right now on uh, the air. <laughs> Did you guys I, finish? Do you guys finish Star Wars? The nine parts? No, I mean I've seen all of Star yeah, but Wars. I remember but, back yeah, my, when the start first started happening. Oh, my wife is ago. out. My wife is out. We got to like episode two, and she's like, "I can't take this." So, <laughs> so you watched episode two. That means you watched five episodes. Yeah, really. Third one, you see how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. Right. Oh, well, I mean, she knows. That's the best one. It's not like, it's not like she's oblivious to any of this. I mean, yeah, like, she knows what's up. Yeah, everyone knows. But then you physically right. see what happens. I'm like, oh, snap. No. No, I mean, like, I could tell already. I mean, she... The the prequels did suck. They were, I, I would, they were I would, bad. I would give her that. They were bad. <laughs> they weren't bad. I, would I, I, thought the, I, thought, I thought the last three were worse than the first three. Um... But although episode three, I thought was really good. You watch Palm Springs, like I told you to watch on Hulu. Oh no, I have. Oh no, I don't have Hulu. Oh, I'll give you my password, please. Yeah, I, I've been actually been dying to watch um, Toy Sunny Philadelphia again. Again, all right, I'm still on that. So yeah, I, think I actually I just, never finished think, it, so I, I need to I watch. Don't remember, I don't remember if I start. I'm on season four or I finished season four. If I watch it, though, I'm going to fuck you up, though, right? No, there's different profiles. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I don't want to fuck you up. So yeah. I was meaning to ask you, but I was like, ah, dude, I don't, I'm going to mess him up. Also, my friend texted me because I'm a Batman fan. He said, do you have HBO Max? I'm like, I do. I downloaded it. I'm waiting to see if I get charged for it because I signed it. I think we talked about this on the you show. You won't? I, I have HBO. So I signed it. You watch my... a lot of HBO Max, by the way. So I signed in through HBO Max. I'm waiting to see if I get charged. You told me now. So, okay, that's good. Uh, he told me that I should check out the Harley Quinn show 
because apparently HBO Max bought out the DC Universe streaming service. Oh, they did? I actually didn't know that. So all the DC Universe shows are now on HBO Max, including Should the Hall- Titans on there then? Or? Yeah. Oh. But he, including the uh, Harley Quinn cartoon. I'm like, okay, I like cartoons. I like Batman. So let me check it out. It blew me away. It is, it's an adult cartoon. A lot of blood, a lot of guts, a lot of cursing. For a Batman cartoon, definitely check out Harley Quinn on HBO Max. Speaking of which, I watched Justice League for the first time the other day. Justice League. Okay. Batman, Aquaman. You know, I got it. Wonder Woman. Don't think of the story. The, the one that everyone hated, I have to say, I, I went in there with like the lowest expectations possible that's because I've, that's what you have I, to do, I yes. heard all the critiques. I actually liked it. Okay, good. I didn't, I didn't mind it either. I liked it. Uh, apparently, there was a director's cut that's supposed to yeah. be amazing. I, I'm going to wait for that. But Good. Yeah. yeah. You just got to go in there with like no expectations. <laughs> so I also realized that you said you were a little tipsy before the show started. Yeah. As was I waiting for you, because you started, started a little late. You're playing poker, so we started a little later than normal. So I started drinking as well. So we're both a little tipsy. Realize we got a wrestling show to talk about. So let's get into some Dude, wrestling news, please. Wait, we've been recording this whole time? We'll be right back. <laughs> it's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. Right, Mark, unfortunately, let's start with some sad news. We found out last weekend, the Ugandan giant Kamala passed away at the age of 70 due to complications from diabetes. Although ESPN's Jason King reported that he spoke to his widow, who noted that he tested positive for COVID-19. No way. I actually did not know that part. He tested positive on Wednesday. He was good spirits. He was happy. He was healthy. He was alert. And he passed away a couple of days later. Oh, damn. They believe he, so got, they believe he got COVID is... on his way during one of his visits to his uh, dialysis centers. Mm-hmm. He was, he was hospitalized shortly after that, so that, that's what they think he got it from. A GoFundMe page has been set up to help cover the funeral expenses, saying, and I quote, To millions of people across the world, Kamala, the Ugandan giant, was a wrestling icon who entertained fans for three decades. The image of Kamala slapping his belly after one of his trademark chops or body slams will forever be etched in our memory. To so many others, though, Kamala was simply James Harris, a good old southerner from Mississippi who loved his wife, long truck drives and his 18-wheeler crab legs, singing, and most of all, laughing. He's one of the most kindest, gentle souls on this earth. He was taken away from us way too soon. He passed away August 9th from complications from diabetes. 100% of the funds generated will go directly to his widow to help pay for the funeral expenses and other costs. You know, I haven't seen Kamala in a long time. Kamala, I've watched him wrestling my whole life. And Kamala is some character I remember as a kid. But he's one of the characters I've always remembered. Mm, same. The mask, the body paint, the big belly, the slapping of his belly, the yelling. Um, this one, he will be missed. It was unfortunate. Cause I remember uh, always following his story. He's been a sufferer of diabetes for years. He lost a leg years ago. He lost his other one more recently. And to see that he battled this, this whole time diabetes and to get cut short by COVID-19 socks. No, I, I didn't even realize it was COVID-19 related. And uh, that's that's pretty sad. I, I, yeah, I, the same as you, man. I followed him throughout his career, and I, I knew what happened with him with uh, with his legs. And, you know, I felt sad every time, uh, you know, both times yeah. that it happened. I was like, God oh, damn, man. Like, but, you know, he, he was a fighter. He, he was a fighter all the way through, and it's a shame that. Just remember that iconic you know, mask, the, the body paint, and the, the, the yelling. And he saw his belly with Slick as his right. uh, manager. Slick, yeah, I know. I remember that. And. I, I remember, of course, like his rivalry that he had with the Undertaker. Oh, of course, that thing was most iconic like rivalries. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great rivalry. I remember, like the first time I ever saw a casket match, I believe it was with oh, Kamala yeah. and Undertaker, which I thought was really cool. 
it's you know you, you just hear all the stories about Kamala, the, the the man who he was, like you know not the character but the person in the behind the scenes, and you know it just sounded like you know an upstanding guy, yeah. uh, a professional through and through, someone that people really enjoyed being around, and it's it, it's sad that um, you know after a long fight and after a long battle, uh, this is this is how it ends. And you know, my my heart goes out to him, to to his memories, to his to his family. Uh, much love to Kamala. Not a Hall of Famer. Will be for sure. Has to be. Should have been while he's alive. I mean, Coco Beware's in. <laughs> True. Kamala. Should I mean, have been I mean, uh, sad, that would have been, been a fun. That would have been a fun speech to listen to. Sadly, you just you know you, you never know. I mean, you say well, you, know, you hope that when he's alive, but you know. Uh, look at people uh, when they were younger that passed away. You know, Owen Hart was taken from us way too soon, and you just—that's the thing about life. You just never know. Seven years old, he had plenty of time. Yeah, could have been. Could have been next year for sure. I can think at this point. You know, like maybe it'll be next Hall of Fame. I don't know when this Hall of Fame is yeah, actually right. going to happen. <laughs> uh, but you know, I can't even say next year. But you know, next Hall of Fame, most likely. So rest in peace, uh, Kamala. Thanks for the memories and uh, seeing another life. Let's try to change subjects in other news. Tonight's episode of SmackDown and next week's Raw will be for the final two episodes from the Performance Center. WB will be leaving their center and moving to the Amway Center in Orlando. WB is said to have rented the arena for the remainder of 2020. And they're also the only event running in that arena, of course, because everything's suspended because of this coronavirus. As part of the new long-term residency... The new interactive experience will be introduced with over 2,500 square feet of LED boards where fans will appear live on the show, hosted by superstars and legends. Applications to appear on the screen will open next week. We'll keep you updated. Fox has done something similar with their baseball. I don't know if you watch Fox baseball. They have uh, fans in the stands like you, like you would in a video game. Right. No, I've, I've heard about this. I, I'm not a baseball person, but I, I heard that uh, that's the route that they went. So now they're having LED boards in the stands, and they're going to post fans live. I heard a, I saw a mock-up of it, like live, like we're doing it face-to-face on our Zoom. Fans would be, like, on their webcams on the stands. So I don't know how that's going to work. I'm curious how this is going to work. But now W is coming, going to a big, huge NBA arena. We're now just getting used to the Performance Center. I don't know how this is going to work. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know... Is if they're having it exclusive to themselves, I mean, I think this is a great way to go. You know, it's of course, you know, WWE, uh, you know, they're going to be looking at different models going out there as far as sports goes. So now, you know, WWE, they're pretty much the only game in town going around besides AEW. Uh, but you know, <clears throat> wrestling was always more going. Come on, come on. I mean, I was, I'm saying wrestling in general was the only thing going. Excuse me. Uh, right, but well, now, you know, confused. you have ML. You have MLB back, you have NBA, NHL. So now they have their different models to look at. And, of course, in, you know Vince McMahon was part of the task force set up by President Trump. No, I forgot uh, about that. You're right, yeah. With other, with other commissioners from different sports. Yeah, and, of course, you know, they've been talking and, and seeing what, what things are working and things, what people are doing. You know, obviously not every league is doing everything the same. Uh, they're all trying to do their different thing. Uh, you know, you see what's going on at MLB, uh, how it, you know some of their travel restrictions um, or lack of restrictions have not been working. But you know, the, you look at this, something with the LED with the fans or the virtual fans, and you know that's that's definitely something. You know, and 
WWE is going to try that out. I, I think NBA, done, NBA has done something similar. They have LED boards and they have fans in the stands, but that's more like a video game quality. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think NFL is going to try something like that as well. I, I heard something about that with they uh, have to because you're in the Amway Center. That's that, that hosts concerts, NBA games, hockey games. You can't have an empty arena with a couple of fans no. scattered around. No, so they have to do something. Yeah, but so. then you look at AEW. They they're starting to bring in some actual fans and spread them out. They did that this past week in Dynamite. But so, again, they're outside, so they have the liberty. They're to out. They are outside. Yeah, but if AEW, oh, then again, you know, it's Tony Khan. He's got access to the stadium in Jacksonville, so that's yeah. probably why. But, you know, WWE, they definitely have the resources. Do you mean they can't tap in to try and go into an outdoor stadium? You know what? Do you know a small outdoor stadium? Um, I mean, I've been drinking, so I can't actually yeah. name some off the top of my head. Because <laughs> uh, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, host of two-time WrestleManias. It's pretty big. Yeah, yeah you can't have Raw SmackDown there. Right. No, you can't. NXT will still tape at uh, full sale twice a week. I'm sure. No, I mean, I'm this, just curious. This, this I mean, is a smart move, though. You know, again, so like, you know they're going to have access to this and sole access to this for 2020. They're yeah. trying something new. It's different. Yeah, like four yeah, months, five months. They need to switch it up. I'm curious to see how this plays out. I think it's going to start with SmackDown next week, so we'll find out on episode 221. But I'm curious. I mean, good for them. I'm curious to see how the graphics play out, how the audio plays out. But uh, I'm curious. Def- I mean, here's the thing right now. We, everyone's in an in a equal playing field right now because we all know the circumstances. We all know what's happening. And it's an experimental it's an experimental, experimental error right now. So you can just try different shit. And like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And no one's going to fault you for it. But at least you're trying something new. People will fault W for it. I said last week. People still have to hate WWE for no reason. So if it doesn't work out, they're people gonna, they're hate WWE because of the lack of creative. Like you know, there's just there's a almost like a laziness in creative at times. I, I granted, I feel like the past few weeks have been better. Oh, a lot but, better. Yeah, it's getting better. A, a lot better. But like, I, I don't fault them for trying different uh, different things as far as cinematic or, no, or people camera do angles. The, the thing, if if, if the fan, digital fans come off cheesy, they're, they're going to get their ass handed to them. Like, but they're just trying something. It's been worked in baseball. Listen, so there's going to be haters no matter what. You know, and I don't necessarily think that's a majority of fans. I think there there is a group of fans out there that just want to hate on WWE for no reason or just want to hate in general. Uh, you're always going to have that in different things. But, you know, you got to think of the majority of it. I don't necessarily think that's a majority of fans. All right. We'll find out. We'll see what happens next Friday when uh, they debut at the Amway Center, SmackDown Live on Fox. Go, also going back to being live, which will be uh, interesting. Finally, in other news, Sports Illustrated reports that W officials have confirmed they have purchased the tape libraries of Evolve, XWX, Progress, and Insane Championship Wrestling, and they will begin airing these companies on WWE Network this Saturday, August 15th. Actually, so I guess two days ago, listening to it on Monday. Many fans have wondered when other companies' content will be on the network. The new content will include the best of specials. They are starting out with content focused on Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee. Drew McIntyre was very excited about this, saying, and I quote, I absolutely never imagined matches from other companies. The places where I found myself in wrestling are now going to be on the WWE Network. Hopefully, they're as good as I remember. What are your thoughts on them airing these other old indie library, tape library? Old I think libraries? that's fantastic. I am I am so pumped for it. Would you uh, watch yes, Grant- XWX from the, psh, 2001? Yeah, why not? Okay. You know, I, I, why not? Like, especially like, 
the fact that I am involved in indie wrestling. Uh, you know, it gives me a chance to see, like, you know, some people that I may have worked with or some colleagues I, I've uh, talked to in the back uh, to see them on screen uh, in the WWE Network. I think that would be awesome to see. Or it may even be an opportunity for me to, I, people I know by name and I haven't gotten a chance to work with. You know, it's just a matter of supporting our peers. Or people you know, like uh, Seth Rollins, see where they started from. Right. Especially yeah. when it comes to, like, Evolve, because that's new york based yeah. uh you know just to, just to see the talent on there and it puts more eyes on them and especially for people that haven't been signed yet you know it, i think it's just a win-win it, granted it's going to focus more so on uh on drew mcintyre and keith lee or whoever is signed by wwe right now but you know who's to say it doesn't start focusing more on other people or, or get some other people signed to wwe that that don't have a contract yet because they showcase like, oh wow, that person's really cool. Uh, wow, like Savannah Evans is really good. Uh, why isn't she signed? You know, it, it could lead to stuff like that. You know, word of mouth goes a long way, especially on social media. It's only been a couple months, if that, where the W Network has launched the free version of the network, where you can get limited qualities of what's on the network. Do you think airing these indie tape libraries from the past will suck people into buy? an actual subscription to WB Network? Mm, that's a good question. I think that's what it is employed to get more subscribers. Short answer, no. I, I so For the casual fans, but I guess the diehard fans. The casual fan, it's not going to be. They're not, they hear indie wrestling, they're not going to necessarily be into it. You know, it just seems like, you know, when people hear indie movies, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone. You know, people great, like to Great analogy. People like to see mainstream stuff, but, you know, for the hardcore fans, and there is a good amount of them out there, you know, the, the, for the hardcore fans, they'll be all about it. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be an overwhelming amount of subscriptions, but I think you'll see a good amount, at least. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely see, it'll definitely help them, uh, but I don't think it's going to be, a, you know, the gates are going to be flooding in for it, if, if that's the question. That was the question, so thanks for answering, buddy. That's all I got in the news, Mark. Anything you want to talk about real quick? Well, you know, I, I found it interesting. You know, Rusev was talking about his time in WWE when uh, dealing with creative. You know, of course, he was like so over with Rusev Day. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he, he was talking about how he, you know, at one point he, he would hear the fans chanting and his shirts would be sold out. And he would, he actually yelled at one point at a writer, like, do you hear them right now? They're chanting for me. You have nothing for me at all. They, they didn't know what to do with him. They would chant that sometimes when he wasn't even involved, like during random right. matches. Yeah, exactly. He's like, "Dude, they want me out there. How do how do you have nothing for me?" Yeah, and he he talked to Vince McMahon. He's like, "My merchandise have been selling out. More than Roman Reigns, more than AJ Styles." And Vince McMahon apparently retorts back that, "Well, maybe there's just not enough shirts for you." He, he says about the, the the amount of shirts. <laughs> of course, always his answer. So, it's just it's just boggling to see. Like, you know, obviously WWE has their favorites, uh, you know, and Rusev was apparently not one of them because he he said he was trying to do everything possible to make sure, like, all right, it wasn't because of this or it wasn't because of that. He he would, he would, took acting classes to work on his character. He he got into phenomenal shape. At one point, remember yeah. we saw him come back and he was ripped. Oh, awesome. At one point, they, they got on him for being on WWE on uh, Total, Divi Total Divas. The WWE got him for that because, uh, you know, why are you showing yourself behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. Jeez. 
season. Well, it's a good thing I'm getting exposure. Yeah. You know, I'm showing who I am outside. You know, how, how is this a bad thing? Like, there, there was just so many things that apparently was going on against him. And from what I understand, he's leaving wrestling altogether. Yeah, starting his own Twitch channel. He's going to be a Twitch streamer. It's a shame because Rusev, he obviously had the passion and drive. They do everything right, and he was doing it right. He did grab that brass ring, and for whatever reason, uh, the powers of beach didn't do anything with it. It's a shame because I feel like Rusev, if he went to AEW or Impact or MLW or wherever, you know, he he could be a main main event player. The rumor was he was supposed to go to Impact, but that fell through. So I'm surprised he's just giving up altogether. Well, do you think, like, after hearing this, I mean, do you feel like he's just, like, discouraged from wrestling? Like, the dude, think about it. He did everything right. He did everything he was supposed to do. And yeah, but he, he has told friends. The... He has friends, and he'll, they'll tell him about the freedom they have in Impact, the freedom they have in AW. So if he still wants to wrestle, he has other options. So I think this is a legit choice on his part. To be like, hey, you know, I can make money streaming on Twitter, uh, Twitch, whatever it's called. I might just do that, save myself the body beating. Maybe. I, I don't buy it. Like, you know, I, I, I think I, I think obviously he's frustrated, of course, with his tenure at WWE. And maybe Everyone maybe wants. this is temporary. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this is just temporary as far as like, you know, his break and going on Twitch or whatever. I, I don't necessarily see this as a permanent thing. Like there's no way in hell the dude is young enough. Uh, and obviously, if you put in all that work, obviously you love the business enough. He's going to go somewhere else. It's going to be Impact or AEW. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that he knows and, and has worked with in both companies for him to go to either one. So dollars to no nuts. Where do you think he lands? I feel like at this point in time, AEW might have more money to offer than impact because impact they they sign a lot of people all at one time so i don't necessarily know what impact's budget is i can't imagine their their uh, bank accounts are bigger than tony cons at the moment so i i think the smart money would say AEW. it's about the money wouldn't he stay WWE because could get more freedom, maybe main event level impact. He might want to. But it, apparently, AEW and Impact will offer the same amount of freedom. It's just I think when it comes down to like push comes to shove, when it comes to the money, you know, AEW offered more money for the same amount of freedom that Impact will offer. We'll find out. We'll keep, I'm curious where he lands, so we'll keep you updated if he lands anywhere. Mark, that's all I got for the news. Anything else you want to add? That's it, my friend. That's all I got for you. So finish that uh, vodka tonic. Let's get into some TV takedown. It's time for this week's TV takedown. All right, Mark, it's time for our weekly TV takedown. The floor is yours. You know, man, I got to say, SmackDown has been impressing me a lot. I feel like SmackDown as a whole this past week was solid. All across the board. It kept my interest uh, every step of the way, especially with Retribution. I, I feel like uh, that's a storyline that I'm, I'm very intrigued in, especially on SmackDown. I, I had like these like, NWO vibes for back then when, uh, when Nash and Hall was uh, t- when they were taking over. And they're like, yo, oh, come to the back. Come to the, like, in the middle of Nash. Like, come to the back. Do you remember that? No. When Nash and Hall were, oh, yeah, you weren't a WCW guy. What am I talking about? I don't know. 
Jesus Christ, learning history, man. <laughs> no, I do, my friend. That matters. But no, I, I just I just find it intriguing. But I have to say that Retribution was almost my takedown of the week. I have to give it up to Alexa Bliss. Why can't every girl be more like Alexa Bliss? I she's making this storyline intriguing. Like she was like the one thing about the swamp fight. Yeah. That caught my interest. So I was like, oh, whoa. What are they doing here? That's cool. That's a bring back. And then, you know, you see the last couple of weeks what's going on with with her and the Fiend. And her interview itself, she's – I feel like this girl has been taking acting classes all her life because she's very <laughs> believable. Her yeah, faces have always been on point, her facial expressions. And that, that promo she delivered to, uh, to Braun Strowman. And then the bump that she took. I, you know, it's, Alexa Bliss doesn't – I feel like she doesn't get enough credit. I feel like she's a total package. Uh, someone that, that definitely could be a champion again or should be a champion Amazing. again. She's still young. She's in her 20s. She's now. still young. But as far as the storyline goes, I, I feel like she's a key component in this, and it's keeping my interest alive. Even the end was a little weird with Braun Strowman with, a, with the laughter, so I guess he's he's supernatural now all of a sudden. I don't know. I mentioned it last week. Is this a double turn? No, it's, the I, it takes. almost seems like a double turn. There's something going on with Alexa Bliss because you know they brought up her, her the Fiend, when she says the the moth att- uh, attracted to the fire, what the, flame, the yeah. moth attracted to the flame, right? And you you saw what happened last week with her uh, when when the Fiend tried to get the mantle claw and she directed his um, his hand away and grabbed him and uh, caressed his Caress, face, yeah, his uh, the open gash on his mask, right. And so she talks about that, and she she gave almost like an ominous warning to Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. like "Be careful what you wish for." Yeah, and I feel like somehow, some way, come SummerSlam, Alexa Bliss is going to be involved in this, where it's going to cost Braun Strowman the match, and a fiend is going to be the, the Universal Champion once again, and because of Alexa Bliss, we'll find out. Hopefully, that's what everyone wants to see. Everyone wants to see the fiend as champion, so we'll see what happens. It's more intriguing yeah, it, now with her involvement. It, it is so much more intriguing with her involved. Like, is she going to be Sister Abigail? Like, what is going on here? Don't know, my friend. Speaking of SmackDown, one of the things I kind of surprisingly marked out about was the AJ Styles segment. Uh, I, I kind of side-popped for the debut of Joseph Park on WWE He He's a great character. And he, uh, you know, he didn't say anything. His facial expressions, his body expressions... Fantastic. Um, but, you know, my takeaway is going to be uh, Randy Orton and Rick Flair. I thought both guys delivered great promos. Both men make great points. Before, I mean, there's just two best in the business. Yeah, Rick Flair not being Rick Flair that Randy Orton admired and Rick Flair admitting that, he, yeah, he's not. I'm 70. I'm, I'm Charlotte's dad now. But I want to hang out with Rick, the best in the business, Randy Orton. So the rumor going into Monday night was that they were going to write off Rick Flair. I'm like, okay. And then I see this happening. I'm like, all right, Ric Flair, with his health issues, can't take an RKO. I don't see them risking him taking the RKO. Okay, maybe he'll get punted in the head. What happens? He gets right. slowed, And then all of a sudden, Randy Orton aims, lines up for the punt. And I'm like, all right, I gotta be. I want to watch this carefully to see how this, how they take it, because this is still he's seventy something years old. It's still risky with his health condition. So Randy Orton's running up, and the lights go out. I literally. Say out loud in my empty apartment. Smart. <laughs> that was a smart move. How they, they were turning the lights on and off the whole fucking night. And for them to turn the lights off at the moment of impact 
to save Ric Flair from actually taking an impact, but yet, quote-unquote, kayfabe, he did. Smart, safe move, and I thought it was, like, really well done. No, you know what? That's a good point that you bring up there. That it was smart. It was protecting him. We get the point. No one really. Him, yeah, that's what I was looking for, yeah. No one really needed to see it. No, you didn't absolutely uh, you, not. You, you, you see the aftermath. I don't want you to get, see it. You, you get the point. You know, Ric Flair is down and out. Randy Orton is a psychopath. And the, the fact that we was, we was whispering to him. Yeah. I'm sorry. Or Re- like that. Like the, this is the Randy Orton that I miss right here. <laughs> this is the Randy. This takes me back to Randy Orton and Triple H's feud uh, back in the day. Like you know, remember when he RKO'd Stephanie McMahon and and Ooh, kissed yeah. her on the lips while Triple while Triple H was handcuffed. This is a sick, sadistic viper that I love, and no one, no one can touch Randy Orton when he's at this level. He's the, the man is unstoppable. I actually think that Randy Orton should beat. Drew McIntyre, SummerSlam. That's how good this man is. Off the rumor, right? He's going to beat him? Hope so. I think he deserves uh, it. Listen, he, he does. He does deserve it. And this this is not a knock at Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre has been a fine champion. That man does. He he, he hasn't given been a, he hasn't been given a fair shot as a champion because he's during a, a pandemic. But you know, like if you're going to take the belt off him, there's no better person to do it. Right to the, 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 the right now with Randy Orton, mm-hmm. and then you know what? Retribution at WrestleMania, possibly in front of a live crowd. I liked how Ric Flair said, "You know, I want you to break my record, not John Cena's record. I want him my to record. Beat the record. I don't see anybody breaking the record. I don't see also. I don't see Randy Orton winning it three more times, but definitely I see him being a fourteen-time champion. I think he's going to win at SummerSlam. I, he deserves to win. He's been on he, A plus for the last. Definitely this whole pandemic, he's been on his A-plus game. I think Randy Orton could go down as one of the best this industry has ever seen. Oh, hands down. And he doesn't get enough credit. Like, you know, people people bash his promos uh, from before. Like, he's robotic or whatever. It, dude, it, when, he's, when he's on, it's just I, – I don't even think Stone Cold could touch him. I agree. And I, I in- hate I hate that question. Who's the, your Mount Rushmore? Because it's just so subjective, and nowhere in anybody's conversation is Rick Fl- um, is Randy Orton on that list. But I think when his career is done, when he's in the Hall of Fame, he might have a good case for being on that Mount Rushmore. And he's still got gas left in the tank. He he a still lot. has a, quite a bit to go. Yeah, he's just been performing so smart. He doesn't. He could do a lot of stuff in the ring. We've seen Randy Orton do a lot in the ring before. Do I dare say I can't imagine where WWE would be in this pandemic without him? I think he's been the star of every show. I think he's been a, a locker room leader that they yeah. need. Believe I'm, it or I'm not, talking about locker. Room. I'm talking about on air. His his feud on with air and uh, everything. Edge going when it started. Now his feud right. with Drew, Drew McIntyre. He's his been, promos, his in the ring work, his everything is just been. Uh, every single see. week, yeah. Every single week, like, even when he was tag teaming with uh, Andrade and um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking out. I name mean, was it with uh, Austin Theory as well, and Angel Garza. No, Garza, yeah. It was with Garza. I don't think Austin Theory was in that picture there. But when he was teaming with them, like it was even Loved more it. interesting with him. How many times did you see a guy he, take out his own partner and slap him in the face and like, snap oh, out of it? That was great. It showed his leadership. The, it showed what he match, had in legacy. His leading the young guys, one hundred percent. I I actually 
don't think – and Cody Rhodes says this himself. Cody Rhodes would not be where he is today without being a legacy, without the, the tutelage of Randy Orton. I agree with that. No joke, man. You, you hit it on the head. Right? I think when Randy Orton finally calls it quits in this business, people are going to look back and are like, wow, that dude was really that damn good. 20-something years, yeah. 20-something years. And the, the consistency along the way. John, hey, Cena, just, John Cena has been consistent his whole his whole career. John Cena is one of the best in the business. He should be a Mount Rushmore as well. But in ring as well, Ren Yorton is so far superior to anybody right now. He is more athletic than John Cena, I would say. Uh, I think Ren Yorton is one the, of the best in the business. The newer fans don't realize that because Randy Orton has switched up his in-ring style along the way because of his hyperactive shoulders that he had. So it, it, it kind of forced him to switch his, up his entering style, but it's it, an old school philosophy where less is more. Yeah. And he's more character based, more ruthless. And it works. And I, 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 my hope is like, you know, more wrestlers, especially indie wrestlers will take a look at this and, and, and learn uh, from Randy Orton. Like, you know, I see someone like Darius Carter who pains me in a minute. Because <laughs> of my history with Darius, but you know, I, I I always see when I see Randy Orton, I always see Darius Carter because Darius Carter performs the same exact way as Randy Orton, and he's he's uh, high praise. He's methodical uh, in the ring, and he just takes you apart limb from limb, an old school old school style that people get behind. It's less is more, and. God damn, man! Am I really praising Darius Carter right now? I guess I am. Like yep. you know, I, I, I it's a tonic. It, it, it's a tonic. It's a tonic, right? It, it just baffles me how a, a man like that who performs the same caliber as Randy Orton is not signed. It, it, it baffles me. There, Darius Carter, Mark Schwann, giving you some love. Hell has frozen over. Mark, you were not here last week. You missed the debut of Raw Underground and Retribution. So I'm going to throw the floor to you, but quickly, let me get your opinion. I noticed it this week. Retribution on Raw. There are a bunch of vandals causing a ruckus. But yet on right. SmackDown, there are highly organized terror, terrorist organizations with weapons and invading this. Like It's such a difference from Raw and SmackDown. Big difference. Big difference between Raw and SmackDown. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, which leads me to think this is a bigger group. Than we even know, like, like you know, you see something like Dark Order in, in AEW, which this this group Retribution kind of reminds me of. Uh, we're not going to know who the true members are. I, I don't think for a little bit. Maybe by SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, probably it's not probably no, until not, after Payback. Yeah, definitely not. Gonna be, it's going to be a while. Right. It's going. No, I, I, like, I don't think they even know yet. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I they have they have to be careful with this, and I, I don't think. They can't wait too long to reveal who who's behind Retribution because then it's just going to get old and stale. You know, but they, they can't pull the trigger too soon either. They, the timing has to be just so right. And it's going to be so hard to do because yeah. they don't have the fans. Yeah, because usually that's a good gauge into, as to when to tell, like, hey, when do we pull the trigger here with this? We'll see what happens so with I, the virtual fans, quote-unquote. We'll see, but that, it's still going to be hard to gauge. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I give them credit for for pulling a big story because I feel like this is going to be this is potentially be a very big storyline right here. When it happened last week, I was watching it and uh, they attacked a woman in the crowd, and one of the retribution members hood came down. And it was a bunch of dark brown curly hair, and I remember I recognized that hair, but I could not place the name for the life of me. Thankfully, whoever the wise owls that they are, the detectives on 
they said Vanessa Bourne. Yes. And I'm like once I heard that name, I'm like, yeah, that was her. I couldn't not think of it for the life of me. So thank you, guy, whoever said it. I forgot their uh, screen name. So I heard Vanessa Bourne, Chelsea Green. They've both have been called up. Dominic Dijakovic has been called up, apparently. Right, but, like, you know, no one really fits his build on there that we've seen. Tommaso Ciampa? Like SmackDown's a little bit different. Like, we saw a spear happen. Yeah. That doesn't narrow okay, it so down. They, does that narrow it down at all? No. I don't know. But I also heard that they're just bodies. They don't right. even know who's going to be in the group yet. So they're, just, they're putting random people in the hoods. They're standards. And, yeah. So we shouldn't be making too much of the hair or the body. Like the at build. one point, I heard Carmella. At one point, I heard yeah. Xavier Woods. Like, you know, at one point, I'm, I'm even hearing CM Punk. I haven't heard that. Please don't. But I remember also Please a couple don't. months ago. If it's, if it's CM Punk. I heard a couple months ago. This? Uh, Tommaso Ciampa said he, if he gets called up to the main roster, he's going to retire. He did, he did not want any part of the main roster. So now that his name is linked to this, I doubt that. Well, never say never, putty. I mean, like, oh, give him a chance. No. CM Punk, you're supposed to Chompa, Punk. Like, never say never. Right. Like, you know, if Chomp is giving, like, hey, man, you're going to be called to, to the to the main roster, but, hey, here's the storyline we have. And Chomp is like, oh, wow, that sounds pretty cool. Do you think he's going to turn that down along with the money he's going to get going to the main roster? I don't think so. The same with CM Punk. You know, money does talk at the end. Because CM Punk, he said himself he's not – Closed the door to professional wrestling again. There, there are certain matches that oh, he would not, like to have. But it's about the money, right? It's about the money, and let's keep in mind, CM Punk does like to have fun with the fans on social media, so he could be trolling us all. We don't necessarily know. CM Punk has fooled us many times before. I think, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. But I think that might be the only real payoff that pays off. Right? If it's Punk, because I was thinking, like, what? mystery person has to be revealed if it's no names from or people from NXT be like oh my god that's cool but like if it's CM Punk like holy shit that's going to send shockwaves throughout the system no pun intended right no it, it, it definitely has to be someone of a name it, yeah. it can't be like no offense to uh what's his name Brody Lee that wasn't a huge reveal like the storyline like but to be the leader Brody Lee oh that guy from that guy. I feel like that was well done, though. It was, I, mean, it was I agree. It was very well done, but the hype, the name, the level of notoriety. Oh, that guy. Oh, okay. That's cool. So I don't think like, WWE's going to do that. I think th- if they're going to reveal a leader, it's going to be a huge, big name. Right. Who's behind it? You can't have that. Okay. You have that. Oh, my God. Physical bands, the higher power. Oh, my God. Kind of and moment. Even say, even say hypothetically. Hypothetically, let's just say that, you know, these hoods come off and it's real. They're like, oh, it's Xavier Woods, Chelsea Green, Vanessa Bourne, Champa. Okay. Right. right like, say these names are revealed to be the ones. I don't see any of those people being the leader. You know, I, I think almost it should be like, you know, remember with like the, the higher power in Ministry of Darkness, like that was revealed, that, that was a big reveal to be, to be Vince McMahon. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. Now you mentioned it. You know, do you think it'll be some of the names they released? No, because who else is left? Rusev? He's not big enough to do that. They were like 20-something people. There's a couple names left. None of what I can think of right now. Because thank you for you, because you got me a little tipsy. But who, who, who would be big enough for it to be the leader? I, CM Punk, I have to say, man. Was, I know Wade Barrett, was Wade Barrett a huge name to lead Nexus? I mean, yeah, he won that NXT Cycle, but NXT but... was so brand new, and they, they all came together. I don't know, man. It, it's 
It's going to be interesting to see. Or or could it be some? Could it be people from Evolve? That would be a stretch, but that'd be cool. Is it going to be some sort of invasion angle? Yeah, I'm curious. Or is it, are they going to do a Dark Order type thing where these guys we're seeing are just the minions, and we have we have no clue who the leader is yet? Right. Or, or are they going to play this back to the to the hacker? Is is that part of it? That would be great. Actually, I didn't think about that. That'd be cool. That's why to bring that I mean, shit there, back. There are so many ways they can go here with retribution. I, I just hope the payoff. I, I just hope the payoff is worth it because right now I, I'm so invested into it. I, I like where it's going. It reminds me of Nexus. It reminds me of NWO or the Outsiders. But again, Outsiders I just hate the, I hate the difference between Raw and SmackDown. Like, do something on Raw, please. They have to do something yeah. else on Raw. They have to do something at SummerSlam too. Your thoughts on Raw Underground quickly? Raw Underground. You buying into it? You, you curious about it? You think I'm it's not buying into it right now. I, I I hope it does lead to something. Um, right now, going off the current product of how I feel about it, I it's just they're, they're trying to pull it off like it, it's it's a, a shoot fight, but we know it's not a shoot fight. We can tell it's not a shoot fight. We can tell it's very much choreographed. Yeah, but like, that's wrestling. We can tell it. But that's the, no. But like it's just. But you not agree with me? If AEW did this, you would love it. No, I wouldn't. I totally think that's the true case. No, I, I really wouldn't. I, I'm not that type of person where it's like, oh, AEW, it's so much cooler. I'm, saying, I'm no, not saying you are, but I think there there are people like that. And this week they introduced maybe uh, Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna Baszler killed it this week on Raw on the ground. Like, like I thought, I mean, like that, I thought was, that was to, that was to be expected. I I just. You Ken Shamrock tweeted out about this, but WWE saying, "Hey man, if you guys need help putting together a, a stage shoot fight, here I am. I can help you out with that." Oh, that'd be cool. Imagine it coming in. That'd be great. You, you know, it, I I feel like whoever's running this is not it's not making me buy into it. it not making me feel like this is real. Yeah, granted, I think, I think it's a great I, platform for like Dabo. What's his name? Dabo Koto to be like an unstoppable right. monster, and all of a sudden he's like he's the raw underground beast, and all of a sudden he's now on Raw. Like holy shit. This guy's a beast. It's a great way to if introduce trying, the characters. My problem is if you're if you're trying to pull this off like it's supposed to be a shoot fight, let me at least believe it's a shoot fight. How? It's you're watching professional wrestling. How are you going to believe it's a shoot fight? What can they do that make you believe it's a shoot fight like on Monday for, Night Raw? Brawl for all. I mean, like that that was something. Even even the Lions Den match between Ken Shamrock and uh, was it Owen Hart? Owen Hart, yeah, but that was still that, that was a that was a, supposed to be a shoot fight. Yeah. It, but it was choreographed. But it made me believe it was at least a shoot fight. You know, like, like make me believe it. Make you suspend my belief. Let me think for a second. Is this real? Is this not real? I think if you go into that mentality, you're not. You're never going to suspend your belief. No, I. I don't know. It's just. It just seems too staged for me. I. I. And I'm going off of right now. I. I hope. I'm not going to completely write it off. I. I, I hope it leads to something. Like it's only second week. I mentioned last week, let's give it some time, give it a couple weeks to build, find itself, find its routine, and see what happens. I'm not going to completely shit on it yet. Like, I, 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 in my heart, I believe it's going to pay off to something. I just don't know what. We'll find out. Mark, you, you ready for our three count this week? I don't even know what it is, but yeah, let's do it. Oh, even better. It's time for the three count. All right, Mark, we are on the road to SummerSlam, the biggest party of the year. So, in keeping with that theme, let's go with our three count this week. Your top three SummerSlam moments of all time. Number three, floor is yours. Okay. Well, I, I am one that likes to be surprised. You know, if, if WWE 
or WWF at this time uh, could pull something over on me, okay, maybe like have my jaw on the floor, then I'm all in for it. And one of the biggest biggest moments for me that that shocked me was at SummerSlam uh, was when Paul Bear turned on the Undertaker. Mm-mm. Yeah, the boiler room match between Undertaker and Mankind, uh, dude. Like what? What? Right? Am I dreaming? Like Paul Bear is synonymous with being with the Undertaker throughout the rest of his career. Like, what's what's going on here? Why? Why, why, yeah. why did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mind was blown. I couldn't believe it. Undertaker got nailed with the urn for Paul Bear of all people. Crazy shit. I remember that very vividly. Yeah, I, I I did not see that coming at nope, all. Nobody did. It, it was a shocking moment, and it, man, dude, was that like a huge moment in that rivalry? Like, I feel like that helped build that rivalry even more uh, than what it was because Undertaker Mankind was already a compelling rivalry because of the characters alone. But pff, man, this this made a different dynamic right there. So uh, that was a big SummerSlam moment for me. That's huge, yeah. One of the best of all time. One hundred percent. Mine's not on the list. Of grades of all time, we're doing again. We're doing personal lists. When I was in the Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, we went to a field trip to our my local police precinct. Okay, we got to see the police cars. We got to see the press the sirens. We got to we got to talk over the speaker. And I remember I said something really badass and really cool. Even the cops said that was a really cool, kid. I don't remember what I fucking said. But I don't know if this was before this happened or after this happened. Of August twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. When the Mountie went to jail. I, I had a feeling you were bring that up. It was, for some reason, I remember very vividly watching it, sitting in front of the TV in my parents' living room, on the floor. It was like, oh my God. I'd never seen anything like that before. We've seen wrestling matches. We've seen stuff in the ring, outside the ring. But I've never seen somebody lose a match, get, the, get themselves arrested by New York City Police Department, get hauled off to jail, booked and processed. Again, either something I've experienced before or after, I connect those two. I don't remember the order. And, uh, yeah, it was just, he kept screaming, I'm the Mountie. You can't fingerprint me. Because he was the Mountie. He's a, he's a, he's a police official. Right. He's, he's a law enforcement official. He's the Mountie. And as uh, an eight-year-old Michael J. Putty, I'm like, oh, my God, this is just a moment. It's ingrained in my brain for some reason. <laughs> then going back to just quickly, Wrestling SummerSlam 1991 in general. That whole show was amazing. You had Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect, one of the greatest matches in SummerSlam history. Teddy Biazzi versus Virgil for the Million Dollar Championship. Warrior and Hogan versus the main event was the Turncoat Sergeant Slaughter. Colonel Mustafa and General Anand with Sid Justice as the referee. They did the whole show, which is one of the greatest SummerSlams I've ever seen. SummerSlam 1991. My number three. Oh, I mean, dude, that's, that's an iconic one right there. All right, so my number two, like... So I took a break from wrestling for a bit. You know, my number two involves my comeback because it also comes to Shawn Michaels' comeback to wrestling. When he came back to SummerSlam to face Triple H, dude, wow. Like, the dude came away from wrestling for what, five years, four or five years, four or five years from a broken back. And, and like, you're not going to expect much from him. He's been out of the ring for, for a long-ass time. It looks like he never left. Are you, it, are you aware? Yeah, you were there for this. <laughs> At the Nassau Coliseum. Yep. My hometown on Long Island. Uh, yes, I'm aware of that, buddy, because you remind me every time. <laughs> Good. Ingrain your memory. But, my God, dude, what a comeback. I mean, at that point in time, especially become the, the biggest Shawn Michaels fan in the world here, like, 
it, it was so emotional to see him come back and perform at the level he performed. And, and what a match it was because Triple H was just so like he was just targeting that back. Yeah. And, like, and every time it just goes to show like how good Shawn Michaels was at selling. Because each time you believe like, man, this dude may not get back up. Especially like when he gave him the backbreaker on the chair. You remember that? Of course. Like it, it just you, you felt it. You felt Shawn Michaels' pain, but for him to win the way he did, it was just such a great moment to see Shawn come back in the ring, and then to obviously see him perform for years after that uh, was a big moment. Great moment, huge moment, especially for our Shawn Michaels fans. Yes, my number two is not really a moment that I remember so vividly as the fallout of it. And that leads me back to this moment. I'm like, oh my God, this is fantastic. SummerSlam 2004, when Randy Orton becomes the youngest WWE champion in history. The match itself, I watched it back today, was amazing. It was very good. Uh, Someone in a review said, and I quote, a half hour of technical clashes and displays of will between two stars. It's It's well put. It was back and forth action between Randy Orton and Dow, who should not be named. The finish was fantastic with him reversing the crossface into the RKO. Guess where? Out of nowhere. I think this was the first time I've seen the RKO out of nowhere. And then you had the post-match celebration when the loser came back to the ring to shake my hand in his hometown. Randy Orton shook his hand, thus beginning the unofficial face turn of Randy Orton because the next day, I guess one of the most iconic moments when Evolution, my favorite faction of all time, I don't know if you guys are aware of that, Turned on Randy Orton, one of the most iconic turns of all time. Uh, it was just, it was just fantastic. It was just looking back. I remember watching it, but when I watched it back today, I'm like, oh my god, this is fantastic. Randy this Orton. brings us back to our conversation with Randy Orton, and just think about all the exactly. I want to bring back, yes, yeah, full circle. Oh my god, like I, I don't think anyone, any wrestler, has faced the amount of talent that Randy Orton has faced. And perform at such a high level each and every single match and rivalry with all of this talent all throughout this time. Question. When Dominic De Niro won the championship at BWF, did you go and celebrate with him? Yes. Nobody from Evolution joined Randy Orton that night. Mm-hmm. Like, ah. Uh, huh. When Dominic De Niro uh, when Dominic De Niro won the BWF championship that night, that was an emotional moment. That was that's a a huge highlight for me in my wrestling career. Mine too, because uh, I love commentary. I get to enjoy it by myself. <laughs> but yeah, it was like nobody, nobody on Evolution came out to celebrate with him. No, I mean that, that was, just, yeah, that, that's a great moment. It, it, again, just speaking highly of Randy Orton, just goes to show, like, yeah, well, this dude's a legend. What we were talking about yeah. that earlier, I'm like, this is this will play perfectly into that conversation. You know how he should end his career because he's a legend killer. He's going to realize that he's a legend. He should give himself an RKO. Yeah, right. <laughs> if anybody can do it, he could. Yeah, right? <laughs> he, he could pull it off. So your number two was I thought you were going to be number one until I realized who I was, I was talking about. And anytime <laughs> we talk about SummerSlam, you mentioned this as your number one. So, Mark, please tell us, for those who are new to the show, you number one. Well, I'm not going to name the match of it. <laughs> uh, because we're talking about moments. And, and really, I guess I talked about show, my moment when number two was basically Shawn Michaels returning. Uh, but number one it was probably the greatest pop of all time, and I know all of sports and all of wrestling, uh, the pop I'm talking about at the end of the British Bulldog Bret Hart match when Bulldog won in England 
like you felt the vibrations through the screen like the crowd completely erupted it was it was unlike anything i've ever experienced before and i was a young kid at the time the first wrestling match i've ever seen and i was like, holy shit that's amazing what is this is this wrestling i love it <laughs> i want more of it like I, dude no one could recreate that it was an emotional emotional match and what an ending to it uh nothing will ever top that in my mind as you say every time yeah i don't believe it, it was a great match great moment Every list I've seen that was very, very high, if not number one, on a lot of people's lists. So my number one, Mark, to help you narrow it down, is an event that I was uh, I was there for in person. Of course it was. Yeah. 2002, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Your number, oh, okay. Your number two is my number one, the return of the GOATs, Shawn Michaels, in that epic rivalry with Triple H. Because when, when he retired in 98, we never thought he would, he would come back again. No. He, no thought he, he thought it was done. His back was that badly done. He had surgery on his back. Who comes back from back surgery in, in the late 90s? You know, we were wrong. You know, it was the whole build to that rivalry was fantastic with Triple H turning on him with the pedigree. And like you mentioned, you touched on it when you're talking about it. We never knew if he was selling or if he was actually hurt. Right. And that's right. how good he, he is. He felt it. Yeah, yeah. That's how good he was. And And when he won, everyone was ecstatic. But we thought that was his last match. Right. He had, what, I think eight years left in him. Yeah, and... he, to iconic comeback. To even winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, in that first ever Elimination Chamber. It was just, for me to be there in person, uh, to see his first match back and his last match back at WrestleMania 26 until that Saudi show, we, we, which we don't count. Uh, Shawn Michaels had a great run. Who knew? And this is where it came at, started out. SummerSlam 2002. And uh, a lot of things you mentioned earlier, so I don't, I don't want to repeat myself or repeat you, but... My number two is number one, one of my favorite moments of all time. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like Shawn Michaels, we all talk about how great he was for all the different reasons, but like, I, I feel like no one really talks about how he sells. Yeah, no and, one does. You know, that match itself goes to show, like, you know, what he did. And it also takes me back to, like, when, like, you know, when he faced Owen Hart, that iconic Monday Night Raw, you know, after uh, after um, – he was assaulted by jumped. a group, group yeah. men at a club. He was jumped. Albany. Yeah. Albany, I think it was. I think it was in Albany, right? And, you know, at that moment, he collapsed in the ring after Owen Hart gave all these kicks to the head. You, I, I as a kid, I thought that was real, especially how Sean sold it. Did I ever tell you this story about when I watched that? No. I, uh, I had a book report due. So I was in my parents' bedroom. My mother was helping me with it, basically like, yelling at me most of the time. All of a sudden, my father comes in, like, ghost-faced. Oh, my God, you got to check this out. I, I don't know what's going on. So no way. mother comes out. I follow her. Like, oh, what's going on? And that's when they replaced Shawn Michaels getting hit in the head. Shawn Michaels getting carried up by the EMTs. So they sold it so well. And the announcers did a great job, too. Yeah. And not only, I the, say. not only is it a moment that I remember as a wrestling fan, iconically, but I remember the look of my father's face when he came into the room. Like, oh, my God, you got to check this out. It felt... Real and this, this is what brings me back to like raw underground, like make me think that this could be real. Maybe they won't. Like, like it, I said, it's only it's only week two. Give some time. Right, like Shawn Michaels, he's just he's the go of, of, of just everything, and and I think selling goes a long way. So that's our top three of our SummerSlam moments. Well, Mark, I have an honorable mention that was kind of really hard for me to take off my list. Again, as a young kid watching it live, I remember very vividly the wedding of 
Macho Man, Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. I was and surprised I was on your list. Because it was a wedding on a pay-per-view that went off without a hitch, which is great. But the real action happened during the replay, uh, I think it was on the weekend. I think it was Saturday mornings at that time. During the reception when Dick the Snake Roberts and the Undertaker attacked him with that uh, snake in the box. Right. So I guess that was more of like an off-air thing. Not so much as a SummerSlam moment, but... When you think SummerSlam, you th- uh, me and people of my generation think of the wedding of Miss Elizabeth and the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Right. I mean that that was a classic moment, um, classic wedding. Yeah. So I have I actually have an honorable mention too, and it's not the same as yours. Uh, for me, the big moment actually was uh, again like this me like being a naive wrestling fan when I was young, when Shawn Michaels was a guest referee for, between Bret Hart and Undertaker. Yes. And Shawn Michaels turned heel. <laughs> yep. And I just, I just remember like defending Shawn Michaels. I was like, it's not his fault. Bret Hart spit on him. Blah blah blah. Like Shawn didn't want to count the three. He was, with, he, he was just defending himself. Yada yada. Like, and like you know, Shawn Michaels with the heel turn. Like, it just made me for the first time ever cheer for a heel, especially for Shawn because I necessarily believe he was heel. Uh, I believe he was okay. just misunderstood. That means he did his job well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was it was a cool thing. Looking back, I'm like, wow, Sean really did such a good job. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the best. It was great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I thought that was like a real cool one. And of course, that led to Degeneration X. So Awesome. Let's get into some go-home thoughts. All right, Mark, uh, I'll go first this time. May 2019, good friends of mine got married. So I'm in the hotel room Saturday afternoon. My friend joined me. We're getting ready, waiting for some other people to join us. And we started talking about the primaries. And there's like 20-something people running for denomination on the Democratic side at the time. And we started talking about who we want to win, who are, who things are going to win, blah, blah, blah. And he's picking, he's a big Bernie guy. He's like, I, I think I'm going to pick Bernie Sanders. I'm like, all right, I think I'm going I'm to pick Joe Biden. What about vice president? He's like, no, I think it's going to be Bernie Sanders. I think it's going to be Pete Buttigieg or Amy Klobuchar. I think she's coming up. But it's good because that time she was coming up. I'm like, hmm, I think it's going to be uh, Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris. May 2019. So if you guys think I've been annoying with my prediction back in uh, 2010 about the Miz becoming champion, you guys haven't heard nothing yet. I picked this a year and a half ago, and it came to fruition this week. Fantastic. I mean, there was 20-something people running, and I picked it. I told my friend when it was announced, I think, bro, Go go fucking play the lottery. And I'm, I'm I'm on a roll, Mark. I'm on a I'm on a roll, Mark. I mean, just call me the prediction man. Hey man, I, I I may go to you for for lotto picks at this yeah. point. I, I don't know. <laughs> but enough about me gloating. In the next couple weeks, Mark, we got a lot of good wrestling coming up. We got Impact has two nights of emergence starting this coming week. We got SummerSlam coming up. We got NXT 30 coming up. And now we found out we have There's payback a- right after SummerSlam, which is weird. We also have AEW coming up uh, this coming week. It's going to be on a Saturday, not on a typical Wednesdays. It's on a Saturday one night. It's on, I think it's on a Tuesday or Thursday another night. There's, the whole schedule's changed, so stay tuned to your local. the NBA, right. Yeah, which means NXT is going to be unopposed. I'm curious to see how they fare without any opposition. That should be interesting to see in the ratings war. But, you know, AEW's got some some big guns coming their way. So, they, I mean, AEW's going to be something to look out for, especially with All Out coming up. 
you know, yeah, there's going to be a lot of wrestling, a lot of big events coming our way. So I'm excited for that. Uh, my go home thought, though, Putty, I have to piggyback off what you said a little bit here. You're talking about politics. Uh, I, I want to say, uh, you know, I, for people that don't know my background, of course, like people know right off the bat, I am an actor. That That's something I advertise time and time again. Uh, but I do have degrees. I have a master's degree. I have a bachelor's degree, all in journalism. And I, I just want to say something here about this. Uh, know your sources. I think there's a lot of fake news um, or exaggerated news or even opinion pieces that be that's taken for news on both sides from the left and the right. Uh, a lot of misinformation is out there regarding politics, regarding uh, the coronavirus in general, uh, sports, you name it. It's just uh, there's a lot of I hate to use the term fake news, but a lot of uh, misinformation out there. Uh, please. Please consider your sources. If you don't know the name, if you've never recognized the name of the paper or the source before, uh, chances are it's not a real thing. Uh, AP News is a good good source to check out. CNN, uh, Fox, uh, Fox can be debatable, but uh, you know I, I think AP News is probably the best way to go because that's where a lot of news organizations get their news from, uh, unless it's an exclusive piece. But, you know, to educate yourself, look at both sides and take it whether you are uh, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. You know, I think it's important to to get the facts on both sides, because, you know, obviously news corporations, they have their own agendas because they are corporations, which means they are bought out from a higher power. Uh, so the news might be a little bit skewed here. AP News I, I say it's the best way to go because they're not for profit. They've been around forever uh, and they give the facts. So please educate yourself because I see a lot of misinformation out there and uh, it, it's, it's becoming damaging to our society. Spoken like a true Trump supporter. Fantastic. <laughs> Stop. I'm not a Trump supporter. Oh. I don't want to give away my. I'm just kidding. I'm, 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 I'm just kidding, folks. I'm just busting his chops. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am not a Trump supporter. Yes, he is. I, I, um, obviously, I'm not. That wraps up episode 220. Mark, thanks for coming back. Oh, thank you for having me, man. Hopefully, you'll be back for episode 221, maybe. But episode 220 is in the books. So if you want to follow me on social media, hit me up at yourfavoritepodcasthost.com. No, <laughs> that, that, that's a mistake. I'm not a pompous asshole. So hit me up at Michael J. Putty on social media across the board. Mark, you want to hit your social medias? Yeah. Uh, you go to yourfavoriteactor.com, which will lead you to my website. Wow. And all my okay. social media links are on there. Copycat? Okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, you're really going there. Yeah, well, hey, listen, you guys can type up yourself, yourfavoriteactor.com. It'll take you to my website, markshawn.com. Yourfavoritepodcast.com is not going to lead you anywhere that I know of. So, uh, you test yeah, that I, I got two dates for this post. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to type it in right now. I've asked the computer your favorite let's podcast. Is that what you said? Host podcast host. Let's see, let's see how this goes, folks. Live. Oh, wow, buddy. It's open, it's available. Boom. Not, not anymore, folks. I'm buying it right now. <laughs> do, do another couple shots of Jack Honey. I'll buy it right now. <laughs> Worth it. Do it up. Yeah. So, Mark, uh, that's all I got. Thanks for joining us. 
Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We had a fun time doing it. Even Mark was drunk off his ass. Sorry, I'm I'm just making sure I purchase your favorite podcast, so it's dot com. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you for for following us. Uh, please, when you get a chance, uh, if you can review our podcast, give it five stars. Uh, make sure you check us out also on iHeartRadio. That's a newer platform that we're on. And uh, you can follow us on all our social media. It's Shot Wrestling all across the board. We're taking over, my friends. We're taking over. So stick with us. We've got a wild ride coming up. Join while you can. So for Mark Schwann, I've been your host at Michael Until next week, wash your hands. Please take care of yourselves. Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>